previously on Elite Week. There's a right thing to do. You don't have a right thing, friend. You've got a whole plate full of maybe a little less wrong. Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to exit the donut. What is the most resilient parasite? Bacteria, a virus, an intestinal worm? An idea. Resilient. Highly contagious. Once an idea has taken hold of the brain, it's almost impossible to eradicate. An idea that's fully formed, fully understood, that sticks.
Hello, and welcome to Galactic Water Cooler uh, Elite Week, episode 27, Friday, July 31st, 2020. How are you? Tonight we have with us at the Galactic Water Cooler, myself, Kaizen, <laughs> Roy Cookson, Arson Cross, Hello, hello. And special guest Guru951. Roy, say hello to the beautiful people. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Arson, say hi. Good evening, everybody. Happy to be here as usual. <clears throat> Might I be muted again? Arson, you're muted? My mic was <laughs> muted for you guys, but not for the stream. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's interesting. Okay. And uh, hello, uh, say hello, Guru. You know what? We're having a night, man. Say hi, Guru. <laughs> What's up, beautiful people? Hope everybody's doing well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tonight, yeah. you're going to hear a few of them crack. So get ready. Dig in. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and start off the night with a big happy birthday to Michael Brooks. Michael Brooks, the OG Loremeister of Elite Dangerous, had a birthday this last week. And uh, yeah, we just want to send him some love and a happy happy birthday and happy birthday we, michael yeah happy birthday mike yes yes now we have uh i want to just this is a little thing here obviously we're we're a podcast and that's the main sort of focus of what we are but our youtube even though it's brand new it's just a little baby youtube it's growing fairly fairly decent rate we uh broke 500 uh subs this week so i wanted to just give a quick you know, shout out and salute to that. And uh, likewise, our, our Discord, which is not that old either, is uh, 1,731 Discord members as of uh, earlier today when I checked. So wanted to say thank you to that. And for those of you swing by the channel and see that we've got a new uh, banner in the YouTube, that's courtesy of DJ Wiley. So I just wanted to say quick thank you to... Uh, to uh, him for that and uh roy how about you uh go ahead and hit the rest while i hit the bottle all right uh so if you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and our visuals you can check us out on our youtube channel at uh youtube.com slash elite week and if you're listening to us on youtube and would like to know how to catch our podcast check us out at anchor.fm forward slash elite week for sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at uh, EliteWeek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash EliteWeekDiscord, all one word, where you can check out our community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in uh, any comments you have on our YouTube channel. Anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Also, make sure to like and subscribe and uh, click on the bell. That helps us out in all the algorithms. Um, and we record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, midnight UTC. So come and join in on the fun. If you're uh, 
on the, for the podcast, make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc., or whatever platform uh, you listen to. If there is a format uh, that you don't see us on that you use, let us know and we'll look into it. We don't do Patreon, so save your money. Just tell your friends about the show. Right on. Fantastic. And yes, we do record live every Friday night, 8 p.m.-ish. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> uh, we'll all hit it right. one of these times. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just it's technical stuff. It's all good. All right. So let's start off right off the bat. Let's go right to the good stuff. How about we start with a little interview with my friend, Guru951. Hey, Guru. Hey, hey, hey. How you yeah, doing? Thanks for today? having me. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Very good. Very good. So I, I want to start off Shaking right off it the, out. Yeah, yeah. I want to start off right off the bat to say everyone who is listening to the sound of my voice right now in whatever format it is, whether it's many of the podcast people or anybody that's listening, watching live or watching this later on YouTube or wherever, if you find a, you know, it's a post-apocalyptic society and you somehow find a something that you can plug in and you get this. Go fight the zombies and the aliens and find your way to Guru's YouTube, Twitch, Discord, and Twitter, all of which will be linked in the show notes. So on all the podcasts, it'll be there. Uh, in the YouTube, it'll be there. But uh, the main ones I really want to hit uh, because it's you know super easy to, to sort of see right here and to get to is hit him up on twitch.tv forward slash commander guru 951 no space start c-m-d-r-g-u-r-u 951 no spaces no underscores and uh and we will have his discord link in there go check the discord you're gonna find some uh i think there's like there's a special sale two for one on tinfoil and uh, I know I personally go through a lot of tinfoil for my hatting needs. And I know that my <laughs> friend Guru is like, oh, those are rookie numbers, son. You got to pump those numbers no, up. No, 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 no. <laughs> Grade five tinfoil engineering done on stream. There you go. There you go. But let's start. Okay, so we're going to get to the racks. Uh, just a heads up. I am getting a little bit of like a mic, a mic cut out <clears throat> from me. Okay. Uh, how's it coming through now? Is it coming through okay? On the I mean, it's fine. It's like super intermittent, but it was like I thought you had stopped talking, so I, po I apologize. Yeah. Keep, oh, keep, no worries. Keep going on it. It's 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 working out great right now. All right, beautiful. So we'll get to all of the Raxla stuff in in just a minute, but let's start off first and foremost. Let's go back to your roots. You are originally an OG explorer, and in fact, uh, I was on. Uh, uh with on Burr's stream on the Breakfast Club this last week. And Burr actually pointed out uh when he saw you in the stream, he said, Oh, that's Guru. He made the video that my wife watched that got super, super into exploration. So basically back in the day, you made an OG exploration video that kind of explained to people like, hey, it's not just point and click, go to the next one, go to the next one, go to the next one, random chance, see what happens. There's actually things as a smart and clever explorer that you can do to try to sort of aim for and fish around for with a higher probability of success 
for the uh you know the actual ones that you want to get to um so why don't you tell us a little bit about that and if i'm not mistaken you actually have a sort of successor to that like an updated version that is in the works that should be coming out soon for people to look at yeah that's uh that's all that's all correct pretty much um basically i think it's like uh that vi that video by the way is called advanced the advanced navigation um really dangerous advanced navigation it's on my it's on my youtube it's a little outdated unfortunately it was like earlier in my video making uh, career so it's not it's not to the uh the quality that i would like definitely i do have that planned and i have done a little bit of work on getting that video you know, like the re the re redux done of it and it should be a lot better because there's a lot of were left out in that video because i didn't know them at the time um and definitely the ideas are not my own you know i definitely learned them from canon a lot of canon members taught me a lot of stuff but the galaxy is has a system to it and um if you know that system, if you can figure out that system, which, you know, I show you on the video, basically you can find them every day once you figure out the and, um, and it really, it's the, the whole thing is designed to cutting out grooves, having sounds. Okay. Yeah. You seem to be roboting a little bit or something, uh, guru. What part of the world are you in guru? <laughs> He's in Oregon. Someone's trying to shut down the Raxla story. That's what it is. Well, I mean, he's West Coast. He's Oregon or Washington State. I forget which one, but he's, I think, Oregon. Let's see. We'll get my stack here. He's getting good to try to get the mic sorted. All right. I have switched Discord to U.S. Central. Hopefully, he'll get a better connection. Nice. Satellites are linking. Mic check, my check, my check, my check. You sound that's much good. better now. All right, huh? I wonder if that's. I hope that's. I hope that's on my end or not. Oh, there was a little. Uh, bit. Yeah, he trailed off a little there. On my end. All right, so let's pick back up from that last oh. question. All right. All right. All right. So. The exploration side of things, Guru. Yes, sir. All right. I hope this is working properly. Um, so here's the deal. The galaxy is made up of, uh, it's there's a system to it. And if you know the system, then your experience as an explorer will be way, way better. Be, uh, you know, the, the whole video is designed to enhance your experience and teach you to find the rarest stars in the galaxy. And I think people who have watched it can pretty much attest to that the, uh, what's taught in there is definitely effective. Right on for sure. Yeah. And I am working on a redux video of that video because that video was made about a year ago. Um, and it's definitely not to the quality I would like it to be at this point. Mm -hmm. Plus a lot of things were, were, were not put in the video. And as much as I would, I would really like to give some like hints and tips of what that, what that is. That there's really kind of a lot there you know uh so the best suggestion would be to take a look at the video and maybe subscribe to the channel and uh you know um uh, wait wait for me to put that video out the, the new version you know version 2.0 uh-huh yeah no for sure 
so you can but... get in now you can get in now you can subscribe to the channel and then when that drops you'll be among the first to see it with the the newest sort of tips on high level exploration that's right it's basically if you're having a bad if you're having a hard time if you, put it like this if you're flying around just pointing 5000 light years in some odd direction and just hoping for the best uh, chances are you don't know how it works and that you're not getting the full experience as an explorer um, and uh, and it can really enhance your experience for me I love exploration but before I learned all these little techniques it got kind of you know it was just kind of boring it's all just kind of a shot in the dark but at least you get you know once you learn the methodology behind it that it'll really give you the tools you know to really enhance your experience right on yeah it's yeah. it's it's like going to a poker table not knowing anything about poker and just hoping to get good cards it's like okay eventually you might get a good hand here or there but the guys that are walking out with all the money day in and day out are the ones that know the system and know how to play the system that's right that's right, right. Yeah. And, and in addition to your general exploration, I happen to know that you were a fan of the uh, the Mulder school of uh, of thought that the truth is out there and that you're searching. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for those of you who aren't, you know, I'm sure there's a lot in here right now, at least who are familiar with Raxla, but maybe some of you guys aren't. I know you have a pretty broad audience around around these parts mm -hmm. uh, amongst all sorts of different things going on in Elite. Uh, basically, uh, Raxla is the world's, oldest, the world's oldest video game mystery at about 36 years. And um, yeah, I've been searching for that thing for, I don't know, a few years now. Probably the most for the pe little over a year now. Since we got the Codex, that's when it really kind of went off the rails on on the, uh, the effort, the search efforts, I guess you should say. And met a lot of friends, you know, made a lot of connections and friends and groups and everything along the way, which has been really awesome. Really awesome. For and, sure. And, uh, yeah, you yourself have some pretty, pretty good theories, too, I gotta say. <laughs> pretty good stuff, man. I, uh, pretty I, good stuff. I dabble. I dabble. I, I dabble. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, where to? I mean, really, where to go from that, right? Um, well, yeah, go for it. Uh, I know. Also, so I'm a, a big fan of your videos. I like so there, there's several different sort of aspects that you hit on. One of which, you know, uh, you are a big fan of Pink Floyd, and I happen to know that. There's another gentleman that lives in the Cambridge area that is a big fan of Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you put out a, a series, a good series of sort of videos that you alternate between like working a theory and then another one that'll just be a very cool Pink Floyd music video set to, you know, some some interesting backdrops and, and cinematography and whatnot. Why don't we dig a little into the Floyd there? Tell us about, about, I mean, obviously we know that you're a fan of Floyd. Why don't you tell us about another gentleman who's a fan of Pink Floyd and, and some interesting insights that you feel that that shares? Yeah, so uh, during the research, uh, I had found that David uh, David Braben, you know, the creator of Elite Dangerous, along with Michael Brooks, you know, they were partners in this ultimately in the beginning mm -hmm. to, one, to one extent or another. Um, and happy birthday once again, Mr. Brooks, if you're... If he's gracing 
this this screen that'll be awesome but uh david braben it was uh quoted in an interview asking him what his favorite album is music album and he said pink floyd's the wall now i myself have been a pink floyd fan all my life but i've never really like really like l really listened to it you know it's just you mm. know just kind of teenage years or whatever really digging on that sort of stuff but never really 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 got into it until we started making this this so started delving into this research and the the interesting thing about it is that yeah so david braben says it's his favorite album and then when you look into the the album itself you realize that the album is about a guy named pink and it's all about his his you know existential journey i guess you can say of uh, getting over his inner uh, bullshit ultimately and um you know overcoming uh hardship or whatnot and and it's just this uh it's just i mean honestly if you if you're not familiar with pink floyd's the wall it's just a beautiful thing whether the movie or the album itself just a beautiful thing and um and it's all about you know just getting over things you know mm. uh which is interesting so because when you look at michael brooks you know and you hear that he is quoted on stream saying that Raxel is a journey that we all have to take for ourselves, which is so, you know, basic and so, you know, just it's not very, um, it's it not be, very tantalizing, you know what I mean? Well, it could also be interpreted a lot of different ways. It could be interpreted a lot of ways. And so let me let me show you one way, at least the way I've interpreted how this works. So now Michael Brooks, when he's doing that interview, he's wearing a shirt. Uh, that has the Old Norse uh, Yggdrasil, and I'm sure I'm butchering that, Yggdrasil, the world tree, the Norse world tree, right? Y Yggdrasil, yeah, yeah. Yggdrasil, right? And this is, you know, that what, you know, should be of interest to you based on stuff we talked about, what, last week about um, about Bifrost <laughs> and the Golden yeah. Gate, right? So cool. he's wearing this, he's not wearing that shirt by accident, mm -hmm. you know? He's he's not wearing it, he's, he, he, he was trying to be clever on that, right? It's At least in my eyes. So he's wearing this this Norse Norse world tree that holds up the universe. It's like connects to the nine different worlds or the nine different realms. Mm -hmm. Um. Now, I mean, I don't really know fully what to make of this. To trying to figure figure that aspect of it out, but it definitely ties to mythology. Uh, now, the thing about it is, when you go to Tau Ceti, it's got several things going there. It's got a lot of things um, going on with it, but. One of the things it has is Taylor Colony, and Taylor Colony is the first planet we found alien life. It's the first planet we, it's the first place, Tau Ceti is the first system we colonized outside of Seoul. It's our first hyperspace jump. It all was, led us to Taylor Colony, right? And then we terraformed, or we didn't terraform the planet. We took the planet over, put the alien life in zoos, yada, 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 and named it Taylor Colony soon after. Is the center of the universe. Uh, it's the tree probably at the center of the universe. Yeah, so I can see that, uh, Hawk. So the thing is, uh, Taylor Colony is or, or Taylor Colony is being orbited by Gilmore Orbiter. Now, Taylor is definitely a character within the lore of the game, but I don't think it represents that. I, I have you know my own theory. So Gilmore is the lead singer and guitarist of Pink Floyd, was anyways, uh, and Taylor. Uh, in my eyes is phil taylor which is pink floyd's uh guitar tech or, or david gilmore's guitar tech sorry since like 1972 uh he even wrote a book about david gilmore's guitar i mean david gilmore's just absolute master and legend of guitars um 
And so when you listen to the Pink Floyd's first album or first track off the wall, it really kind of seals the deal. You know, it talks about being a space cadet as something eluding you, you know, disguises. It's it's very much in line with with all of that. Mm. Um, but there's but there they kind of begs the question: are, it, are they, if it's true? And I'm I'm trying to provide a little more evidence to support this claim. But if it's true, it kind of it kind of implies that they're using outside stuff out of the story of elite not even appearing to not even be to the story of elite in any sort of way uh you know you're using outside information outside resources to fill in the blanks that elite had within its storyline you know um which there's obviously a lot of blanks but just there's just a certain uncanny way that real world stories fill in the blanks of elite in just the most special way i swear to god well, I told people they were going to uh, need to up their tinfoil budget. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm in the camp that lore doesn't matter so much. I mean, it does. I'm not going to say it, it's indispensable that you know the lore. It's you know, it's it's only to your benefit to know these things, and it's just enhances your you know your experience in the in the game. So I'm not I'm not downplaying lore. I'm not trying to say it's it's a waste of time or anything like that. Absolutely not saying that. 100. Just be clear about that. But I'm saying that. I'm under the impression that the reality is, is that we do need to pick things from outside the game to fill in those blanks. And that's part of the trick to it, whether that's true or not, you know, we're, we're, we're yet to really see about that. Um, you know, it's, it's more like, uh, are these things just inspiration things based on the inspirations behind it or do they actually serve a function? Right. Absolutely. And I mean, there, there this brings back again, so many times we have these weird callbacks where, you know, my theory is partially based on the idea that it requires a group to find Raxla, the possibility. And that ties into a whole thing from Ready Player One where it's like it, it can't just be a one person thing. It takes a group. Your thing here, you know, you're tying into a, a musical element and a, and a theme sort of that. And that theme would be not the in-game lore aspect of this is an explanation for a thing that fits the lore, but more when you have a creative genius guy like a David Braben and a Michael Brooks who are mm -hmm. these creative, talented geniuses, you know, in that book, Ready Player One, you had a situation where, you know, uh, Halliday, the, the, the genius sort of programmer guy there, was a right. huge, huge fan of the band Rush, and he titled sort of a central theme to finding one of the puzzles or whatever was based off of his love of, of rush and, 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 and a specific rock opera album that they sort of put out about a dystopian future or whatever. And you have to keep in mind whenever you're talking about a video game, video games are made by people and those people have quirks and they might have an inside joke here or there, or a thing that they like to, to do where it's like hey this is a little easter egg for me and they put stuff on and then it builds and it snowballs and next thing you know it, it leads to sort of a major discovery and it's like right. well this doesn't this isn't supported by the in-game you know facts of whatever and it's like well no but it's because it's a puzzle that was made by a person and that human being was a big fan of this band and thought oh this will be cool and Right. can't really discount that that's a possibility that, that that could be a part of a thing yeah that's the thing there's so many ideas that people have great ideas 
and we can neither confirm nor deny them, can we? For pretty much almost all of them, <laughs> it seems. <laughs> Which is just so fun, <laughs> you know? Because it's like, ha-ha, you can't prove me right. I can't prove, prove myself right, but you can't prove me wrong. I do yeah. kind of enjoy that factor a little bit. Yeah. I do and enjoy gonna, that factor a little bit. I'm going to highly encourage, before we move on, that everyone, everyone listening to this, definitely check out... Your videos are good. I'm not going to lie. They're they're good. Mm. I like them and they're cool. But you haven't got the guru experience if you just watch his videos. You absolutely need to go to his stream and kind of just see him <laughs> sitting around, flying, doing his thing, steps off just off screen long enough to, uh, you know, light a pipe and then come back and then expand <laughs> on some knowledge uh yeah you, you need to you need to catch guru live on twitch because that's the full full experience if you've seen his videos you'll know that it's worth uh like oh man this is some interesting stuff it's he's got an interesting viewpoint I, I need to look into this a little further once you see the streams that's when you get the true guru experience so yeah uh, yeah yeah so uh, <laughs> okay no go ahead go ahead no 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 you go ahead I was going to say, uh, so just so you guys know what the videos and how, how it works is so far, we're real early in it. We're only like two and a half episodes in, plus some music videos. The music videos are supposed to be the precursors to the next actual episode, right? So it's kind of supposed to be like have a little bit of hints of kind of, it's more, they're more metaphorical, really. Those videos are really metaphor, <laughs> metaphor heavy, and they don't really make sense. It's not like they have some puzzle or something going on there. It's just... They're fun little metaphors for me, and it, but it really is supposed to be, like I said, a precursor to uh, to the actual episode. So it's supposed to be like kind of like a hint, in a sense of like what's coming up next or whatever. Um, so that's the way so that's the way it's supposed to go. And like I said, we're real early. We're only two and a half episodes in right now. So yeah, uh, uh, but the streams definitely. I say a lot more in the streams and i do in the videos because the videos i'm trying to do it in a certain sequence of events and trying to put it trying to paint a certain picture and it has to be done in a certain order uh, mm -hmm. but the streams i just kind of just blab you know we just all we just all talk and blab right on all right so check out the videos check out the streams and guru sit in with us on this little uh party i hope you got a drink and a pipe handy because we're we're about to head off can, can I just say one last thing? Absolutely, and that is that uh, after this, after this, uh, this inter after this uh, podcast, right now, mm -hmm. um, we're going to be doing a stream tonight in which we are launching out of the Cetus constellation. We're going to be doing the entire Cetus constellation, which is not very big, but nonetheless, we're going to be doing the full constellation. And that Cetus, uh, Tau Ceti, the birthplace of the rumors of Raxa, is in the Cetus constellation. And we're going to go into great depth into that, as well as great depth into more into the Pink Floyd and about this journey and existential crises and, and whatever else might, might come up. But that's what's coming on tonight and uh, probably over the weekend in general. I'll be finishing up that, that expedition. Beautiful. So after you hear this, even if you're hearing it, you know, on Wednesday or Thursday uh, of the week and you're doing your thing, uh, you can still go back to Twitch and you can pull up the uh, the video. It saves it for like, what, two weeks or something? You can pull it up and, and you can play it and get yeah. in on that. So you're going to look for the one that's dated from tonight, Friday night, uh, the 31st of July. And uh, yeah, man. And you can you can kind of explore and, and get out your tinfoil hat and maybe get yourself promoted to the ranks of the believers. All right. Yes. So going right from the, the, the tinfoiliest of tinfoils to hardcore 
real world science. Let's go ahead and hit up first off, congratulations to Mars 2020 crew on the successful launch of the Mars 2020 mission, the Perseverance. It now uh, is joining the Al-Amal, which is Arabic for hope, and Tianwen-1, which is uh, Chinese for heavenly questions one, en route to Mars. All of them are expected to land in February of 2021. Uh, they all launched within, say, two weeks of each other, and they'll all be setting down within a couple weeks of each other. So, yeah, man, looking at that screen and seeing that rocket take off, man. Woo. It's uh, it's all good now, but they did oh, have a couple of uh, <clears throat> couple of hiccups uh, after that launch shortly afterwards. Yeah, uh, there were. There were. They, uh, yeah, yeah, so it went, into, it went into safe mode, uh, <laughs> apparently, because the... The craft uh, flew into Earth's shadow and got colder than expected. Um, and and uh, uh, when Curiosity did that years ago, it didn't happen to pass through the shadow. And I guess they had some similar uh, parameters set up. But it's back out of safe mode now, so all's well there. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, uh, when it was first sending telemetry back, and I think this is a testament to how how much um, you know deep space communications uh, has improved in, in the decades. Uh, they're still using the deep space network. Uh, which has been around for a very long time uh, to track uh, deep space uh, orbiters and various craft. And mm-hmm. when this when this uh, craft was first within you know the region of Earth, it was actually overwhelming the network, and they, it was sort of <laughs> almost like someone was screaming into your ear, is how they described trying to interpret its data. So they they managed to tone that down and get it sorted out. So it's on its way and well, in, in, uh, well on its way and in, in great condition now. So. Hilarious, good, man. Good for them, and uh, congratulations to the whole team there. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. So, like, yeah, some small little hiccups on the whatever, but nothing, nothing that was you know mission threatening or 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 overly you know yeah uh, overly problematic. And hopefully, we will have uh, you know the same uh, mostly smooth, if not completely smooth. Uh, sailing on uh, Sunday, August 2nd. So this Sunday, day after tomorrow, is the scheduled splashdown of the two astronauts that are coming back uh, from uh, SpaceX slash NASA hybrid mission. And uh, this is actually going to be, this is super, super interesting because we've been using the space shuttle before. So you, you know, take off and come down in a shuttle. This is going to be the first NASA splashdown in like 45 years. Going back to like, you know, the the old pre-shuttle days. Uh, and in this one, they actually have a, a different system that they're using. The capsule is going to splash down in the ocean. And when it does, they're actually going to have a, like a collector, like speedboat collector type jobbies uh, attach onto it. And are going to sort of collect it and bring it to a larger uh, uh, ship that is going to, you know, they're going to, you know, load it, cross load it onto that ship. And then from that ship is when they'll actually open up the capsule itself and and, and retrieve the two astronauts. So um, fingers crossed, say a prayer, whatever it is you believe in. Keep a good thought out for for those two guys coming back to Earth. And uh, uh, fun fun fact: uh, one of the two coming back to Earth, uh, uh, Bob Benkin, his wife uh, 
Megan MacArthur is also an astronaut, mm-hmm. and she's been selected for the second crew mission on the Crew Dragon uh, that's going to launch in the spring. Is so she the second or the third? I thought she was like two missions up. Well, she's been up before, but this will be yeah. the first time she's been on the SpaceX craft. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. This is the second the second uh, crew mission they're doing on the on the SpaceX craft. So he'll he'll be getting home, have just a bit of time, and then she's going up. And uh, and I think she's going to be up there for about six months. So. Uh, got a family of rocket space, men and women space family yeah yeah so man. good good luck to both of them <laughs> good stuff good stuff all right Thanks. and then uh and then uh why don't we uh hit up uh roy why don't you do the uh the, the 3d map of the universe segment and then we're gonna get uh, everybody's comments on all the three of these stories yeah so um i found this story this this came out uh, a few days ago. Uh, I think it was partway through last week. There's a, a group of a consortium of astrophysicists who've been working for 20 years uh, with the Sloan Digital Sky Survey to put together a map of basically the entire universe with all data that's ever been observed. Um, and uh, they've got a video posted that we'll post the link to in, in the show notes that is just mm-hmm. fascinating to watch. You know, it's it's really um, impressive looking at the at the elite galaxy map, and you can zoom around the 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 galaxy. Uh, this is a map of the entire universe, so it has, you know, every dot in this map is an entire galaxy. And um, the interesting thing too is it kind of goes uh, like layers out from our position and describes all the different types of uh, stellar objects and groupings of galaxies, all the way out to the cosmic background radiation which looks like a giant you know sphere way out beyond uh beyond the the furthest things that have been been categorized so far and uh it um oh i think we got the video playing here now great mm-hmm. and um i was just astounded because this is the first time i've ever seen sort of the structure of this visualized um and it also i think speaks to as many um as many uh, galaxies, and I think there's about two million galaxies they've they've measured in this. Um, it still only takes up a, a fraction of the volume that's contained within the this collect this uh, cosmic background uh, radiation sort of shell, um, and it, and it really fits into a couple of wedges. So there's, you know, I'm not sure what all the constraints are and how they've observed these things, but there's obviously a couple of different wedges in the sky. That they've mm-hmm. covered extensively, and then the majority of the sphere of the sky um, is basically unmapped. So, um, just staggering. It's an, it's another just another great way to see the scale of of you know what we're in the middle of here. And to be clear, just I want to clarify for anybody who's wondering about this, he did not say that this is a map of the galaxy. This is the a map of the known universe. This mm-hmm. is a map of many, many galaxies. Yeah, a couple million of them. <laughs> yeah. So, so a link to that is also going to be in the show notes. It's uh, courtesy of one of my absolute favorite websites, What the Math. Uh, so for sure, you want to check in on that. So why don't we go around the horn? Arson, your thoughts on the successful launch, on the impending, you know, the successful launch yesterday, the impending recovery uh, day after tomorrow, and the 3D universe map. I gotta say, all of it excites me. The launch, I've put it back up on screen. Uh, Roy was mentioning that it went into the shadow and it got cold, and you can actually kind of see that in the launch video, the the ice all over the rocket. It, oh, I'm 
so excited to to see i there's a video i haven't had a chance to watch it but there's something titled on youtube that somebody promoted i don't know what it is yet i just saw the thumbnail but it phrases the landing perfectly uh as seven minutes in hell (laughs) because you don't know whether it's going to make it to the ground on mars or not uh i i cannot i cannot wait i'm going to be so excited when this rover hits hits dirt uh as far as the the galaxy or I'm sorry, the universe map, my bad, is concerned. That is, uh, it's wonderful. Unfortunately, I had problems playing the video. I didn't have it pre-prepared, but I grabbed it on YouTube. Uh, but the sheer amount of not stars, but galaxies that are seen is just crazy. Um, and I, I don't know. All I can do is gush. I'm sorry. Uh, y'all can take it from here right on so guru your thoughts on the launch yesterday and the three missions on their way to mars uh i think my biggest concern is um the number of uh srvs the mars program currently has uh which is (laughs) have uh and yet we are 1400 years and uh, I'm just curious of what happened to the technology and where was the setback um, when they started dishing SRVs out again. Mm. <laughs> well, Maybe they that's really um, my only concern. But other than that, very impressed with what we are doing on Earth right now with that. Mm. That should be really cool. You know, really cool. You bring up SRVs. They actually said that the SRV bay pressure was optimal or something during the launch clip. I didn't play the audio, but they said SRV. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Is a surface reconnaissance vehicle? Absolutely. All right. So, your thoughts on the uh, the two astronauts coming down on Sunday? Yeah. Best of luck to them. Best of luck. That's bad. That's going to be a hell of a ride. And the Hell 3D the 3D universe map. I think if you, you you need to get a copy of that so you can zoom in and see if you can find Raxla. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So let's move on yes. to an update of the Dark Wheel. The Dark Wheel update. So let's start off with the stats. All right. Here's where we're at. In Shindez, we're still the highest influence as we always are, and we're we're doing decent. But you know. It's one of those situations where the Pilots Federation owns it, even locked at 0.00. In LFT 926, we're at 61.6%. We've got everything more or less exactly kind of where we want it. We don't want it to be high enough that we're threatening to hyper out of 926 in a time when we're trying to push from the other locations. So we wanted it to be, you know, high enough, but not crazy. And Yanwu, thank Jesus. The, the, the proxy war between number two and number three in that system has finally ended. We swept it four days in a row with our uh, with the team that we wanted to win so that we could uh, free up 40% of the influence in the system. And just today, upon freeing it up, we ended up with like, what, over 7% influence uh, gain right off the top. So we're at 47.3%. I figure we're a couple of days from being ready to to get ourselves into uh, pending expansion. We're just going to push like hell and get it done. Also, in HR 4979, 
we uh, we won everything there, and now we're uh, at what seventeen and a half influence, seventeen point three percent influence. Things yeah. are looking good. All right, so where are we at uh, with the in the forum? Oh. The the forum thread we're sitting at. The, the forum, the original post on that forum thread has 117 likes and 63 pages Ooh. of comments. People are getting in and getting uh, active on it. All right, so why don't we actually go around and 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 uh, and 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 hop in on on this one, uh, Roy? Why don't we start with you? What do you think on on the stats where we're at and the forum thread, the progress? Oh, I just, I think it's, uh, you know, the momentum is continuing to build and, uh, you know, all these experimental goals are being set up and knocked down and uh, it's, I, I don't want to jinx it, but it's, you know, everyone's putting in the, the good effort and it's it's starting to bear fruit uh, mm. and we're making progress. So I think it's all good. And, you know, I, uh, for me, I, uh, I've only gotten into BGS in the last maybe a couple of months. I just love the... Um, the structure it provides uh, for things to do and and uh, things to feel like you're doing something with a lot of purpose on top of just playing the game for fun um, and and having the community engagement through that too. It's just uh, good on a on, on a number of levels. Beautiful, beautiful. Arson, your thoughts on the progress uh, of winning both of the uh, the conflicts and where we're at with things on on the growth of it. You know, I'm just going to brush my nails on this one and say, I kind of expected the progress on those. The uh, influence release, though, that was a nice change. I hadn't actually seen that happen because I was used to seeing the influence, the 10% that's held kind of tick every day. But the way that it works under the new system, that that lockup's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm also seeing a snowball effect, I feel, with uh, participants. I'm seeing people on my friends list come and turn the wheel that I haven't talked to in months, and they're all of a sudden active, and it's like, yes! Absolutely. So, so yeah, Absolutely. it's great. Absolutely. I, I, I literally will hop onto Twitch just at random times, and I'll look, and it's like, there's like four people streaming, and like, you know three of them are turning the wheel and it's like wow okay that's kind of cool uh guru your thoughts on all this uh i think it's a hell of uh, an achievement on everybody's end and uh yeah it's really inspirational seeing what you're seeing what what's becoming of this you know it's like i went to uh where was that was it new annettes yesterday mm-hmm. was it new annettes yeah no it was lft 926 and i just looking at how many fleet carriers are there and i'm like oh my god what have you done um yeah i think it's amazing i think it's really amazing and it's really um it's got me definitely curious of what's going to happen and where is it going to go and how is this i mean this is kind of like um i don't know it just feels new to me you know it feels like a new like I, i know i missed a lot of things in the early days of elite but where there was a lot of you know things going on there's a lot of hustle and bustle in the galaxy but this one is uh this one is a totally new experience for me to witness so and to be in yeah yeah just awesome awesome work curious now i do have one question uh you don't and just to clarify uh because i always i feel like you get a lot of mixed answers on this you don't or do you have the ability to um dictate where you're going to move to where it moves to we do. 
We have been. We have been. It okay. takes a lot of work, but we have been. We've been shaping our jumps, and we've been landing 100% of where we thought we were going to so far. Oh, good. Okay. So you you know the systems to it and all that sort of stuff. Oh, okay. yes. Well, me personally, I am a buffoon, but I've got yeah, smart people, and they know how to do it all. I, I specifically had, uh, I handpicked a group of uh, pretty much the best BGS people in the game. Uh, I've got down to earth astronomy's like genius guy i've got plater's genius guy i've got a couple other people that i i can't even mention because they don't want their name publicly listed but they've been very very helpful in the planning committee and we've got you know tweaked over at uh uh opi we've got uh what is that that contrail we've got a very 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 good group of people that are all in on the planning committee and they don't miss a beat they know what all of you know all of the things that are happening <laughs> so let's take us to the next point and this is where it's going to get interesting so alessia verdi now let me just take a moment to sort of set this up for people in drew wagar's lore tour um he mentioned at the very very last episode he said Hey guys, I don't know if you remember, but there was a character that was part of the Salome event and her name is Alessia Verdi. And she lived through the Salome event and she still is alive today in 3306. He said, something that a lot of people don't know is that Alessia Verdi is a clone and Salome was a clone. And Octavia from Reclamation, along with Salome, was a clone. And that the way, part of the way that you know that these characters were a clone, part of the giveaway of the fact was that they had these striking gray eyes. And if you remember reading from Reclamation, Salome was an oddity in that the Algareb family, Senator Algareb's uh family they were all sort of blonde hair blue-eyed you know sort of Aryan master race typey people and kahina had dark brown hair i think either br dark brown or black but she had striking dark hair as opposed to everyone else that was blonde and she had these beautiful but cold gray eyes and uh so Drew said, yeah, that's, this is a whole thing. He's like, I, I haven't really opened up previously that much about it, but he's like, I'm going to tell you now. There's there's an interesting situation there that uh, the Algareb family did not even know that she was a clone. This was a situation that, you know, it was sort of, there's a, there's a secret group running a secret project with clones and that, uh, you know, this this situation occurred and he said now what what people don't know uh really is that uh all of these people uh um salome and alessia uh are clones from a line that go back to elysia fields and elysia fields was the partner slash potential love interest different people have read into it different ways of Alex Ryder from the original 
uh, novella that accompanied the 1984 version of Elite, The Dark Wheel. So um, he said, this is all interesting stuff. There's more to that story. And if, uh, if you know, it comes out in the right way, i.e., I think negotiations work out for the next novel <laughs> uh, on their end, that uh, there could be huge story implications for Alessia Fields with regard to the Salome story. But he said, in the meantime, he goes, you guys should kind of keep your eye out for Alessia Fields because there's more to the lore of Elite that has to do with her and there could be big, big things coming soon. So he told everybody, like, friend, her, and he spelled out the name, Alessia Fields. And the streams, I've already had people say, no, it was Alicia Verity in the in the stream. Yes, he said Alicia the first time, but then he corrected himself. If you watch, continue on in the stream, he corrected himself a minute or two later and said it was Alessia. He spelled it out and showed it. Um, so Alessia Verity was who he told people to friend and to talk to if they happen to catch her on. And lo and behold, Alessia Verdi popped on. And uh, it was interesting because when Alessia Verdi popped on, uh, people were asking, hey, um, you know, what's going on? Where's Raxla? What about Salome? People were just peppering Alessia with questions. And... Alessia was being cryptic in her replies, but the one thing that came out to everyone is it's vitally important that we turn the wheel. Turning the wheel is what must be done to continue this story. If you want to find Raxla, we must turn the wheel. We must defeat the club. We must, we must, we must, and all of these sort of variations. And if you look on the Elite Week Discord, there is an Alessia Verdi channel. And between that and the Dark Wheel text channels, there have been many sightings, many screenshots of people's conversations with Alessia Fields. Now, I want to make a couple of things clear from the beginning. Alessia Fields was the character that took place in the Salome event. This is confirmed. This is not conjecture. This is not, uh, you know, up for debate. This is not questionable. This is that character that I believe was originally created uh, sort of by Frontier or at Frontier's behest, but that Drew Wagar, I believe, I'm not 100% certain, but based on several things, including his statements, his public statements to, to more or less that effect, Drew Wagar has control of that, that character, that NPC that is a character in game, so to speak. And, uh, you know, to what extent this is so, so this could go one of three ways either a this is something that drew is doing that he sort of has implicit or explicit sort of thumbs up nod okay yeah we're gonna green light you for the third book and you can go ahead and use these guys project the dark wheel project as a sort of lead in for your next book and this will tie in well with the lore the players are excited and enthusiastic. We like that. I've already heard directly from Frontier that they are thrilled about the players being excited uh, and and getting into it and that they very, very much sort of like this and want to support that idea. And we'll get into a little more about that later. But um, 
that uh you know they're thrilled with this and it may be that this is a thing that they have sort of greenlit and if if, if that is the case this is a situation where they would never admit it and he would never admit it so it would be a situation where it could be that this is all set up and that our little project is going to spin into a major major lore piece set piece and 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 book in the whole nine yards that's a possibility the second possibility is that they don't have that sort of explicit understanding with drew yet but that when they see all of the success it may be that this is drew sort of leveraging and trying to lock in that next book or whatever and it may be that when they see how much you know is going on with this that they go yeah okay we'll green like that we like the idea let's hear it okay yeah we like this we like okay yeah let's do it in which case both both a and b massive massive success for us and the third possibility and this is also a possibility and must be acknowledged is that this is sort of either a drew trying to sort of spin things up for a book that won't happen or b just being a good-natured you know uh enthusiast of the game and trying to sort of say rah rah guys go get it and i will say right off the bat that drew has already acknowledged and posted publicly in the forums that that is exactly what this is he's saying hey this doesn't mean anything about anything this is just me saying good luck guys and you know i think it's awesome what you're doing and i want to show my support however i will make the obvious statement that if they had stuff all set up and this is tied to a future book or tied to whatever that is also what he would say uh it's one of those situations where if somebody asks you if you have an nda part of having an nda is you're not supposed to talk about the nda so you're going to say no, I do not have an NDA. And also, for the record, if I had an NDA, I would respond, no, I do not have an NDA. So you have to parse that out for yourself. We have to see how it how it goes. But for my part, this is vastly, you know, super, super exciting. It This project was exciting already before this possibility of a major set piece, a new book, a whole thing of lore that could be supported by both a novel and or things within the game itself came up. This is not, I don't want to mislead anyone. This is not a for sure. This is not me announcing anything. This is me saying there are three possibilities, two of which lead to this project exploding in an awesome way. And one of which leads to we're no worse off than we are right now. I find that exciting. Why don't we start with Guru on this one? What do you think? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, I mean, what about the the possibilities? I'm curious of how that feels on your end. I mean, being that you know, <laughs> this was all your idea, then to see this taking the turns it is, that's got to be, um, yeah, impressive work. You know, when you get the manual, it talks about you know, it gives you that little. That little thing in the manual telling you how you're being contacted by a group to give you a ship and the money and the keys, no strings attached, you know. Mm. And they say the uh, that their group has a specific remit, right? Which is that they're looking for people who can mold and shape the galaxy around them, and and mm. uh, mold and shape the galaxy around them, yeah. And then uh, move and shake, you know, moving in and shaking things up. And 
exhibiting those exact things. So well done, man. Uh, beyond that, I'm excited to see. Yeah, I hope it all pans out. And I hope this Alicia Verity thing really turns into something. Uh, I think it was really nice of Drew to come forward and say, hey, just don't, you know, don't get your hopes up too much. I was really just kind of cheer you on, trying to cheer you on, you know, but. And I hope Drew does, you know, I, I hope Drew does get another another shot at it because honestly, he really, he also moved and shake the galaxy in major ways, did he not? Yeah, oh, I mean, and it was he, fun, you know. That was a fun time back then. That was a real fun time back then. Led to a lot of really cool things, and it sucks. It sucks. It came to an end, you know. And I hope it. I hope it. I hope it reignites. You know, I'd be totally happy to see that happen. Yeah, it would be way better ending to the story if it didn't come to an end, but rather. It was on a pause and then it reignited. Yeah. 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 So okay. fingers, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for you, Drew. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Arson, your thoughts? Just more excitement. I'm definitely keen on trying to get a hold of Alessia Verdi myself. That is for sure. Well, uh, yeah, uh, Guru and I happen to be in the same squadron as her. <laughs> That's right. So we, I look for both on my friends list and my squadrons list. All right, Roy, your uh, thoughts? Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> Illuminati confirmed. Uh, you yeah. know, look, this is so exciting, right? To see, to see real. Um, uh, well, look, I'll say it this way: they have the luxury. They FDev has the luxury of. They don't have to green light things right away, right? They can see all several of those possibilities you you went through could all be true at the same time right now, and um, and I think that's just another another uh, one of many reasons why we need to keep uh, participating and pushing on this because they're I'm sure they're going to want to see this continue to grow and and go somewhere, and that just increases the possibility that this uh, this does you know. Uh, the, the 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 quantum decision waveform of this collapses from five possibilities to the one we all want. You know, you actually bring up a good point. It, it's a situation that if excitement for this project drummed up by Drew's slash Alessia's, you know, sort of involvement turns in like catches like wildfire and before you know it you know half of all of the players of the game are you know working for the dark wheel or something you know incredibly you know crazy like that it would be a situation where from a company standpoint it would be a no-brainer to be like uh yeah we're gonna green like that next book and yeah we're gonna capitalize uh -huh. on this movement so mm -hmm. it's one of those situations where if you guys, if you hamsters out there turning the wheel, the hamster wheel, and are out there helping us to uh, to to see what we can do with this, if you guys, if we all collectively just keep kicking it up a notch over and over and over and spreading it, get other people in your squadron, in your friends list, in your whatever stream, get people in. If we all go and sort of expand this thing and 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 make it a thing where it's just too huge to sort of ignore I, it, it does nothing but increases our chances of going down in 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 legend with this thing man all right all right so let's yeah. hop let's let's hop from that uh <laughs> to another awesome awesome thing Commander Orange Phoenix of the SPVFA made an amazing, amazing video for us. And I want to I hit it up real quick. 
So, uh, Arson, bring it up. The Dark Wheel. Who are they? What do they do? Are they linked to Raxler? And just what is turning the wheel? To answer these questions, we need your help. But let me explain. With the information available to us from the Codex and other notable sources, we know this. The Dark Wheel is a group of legendary adventurers, explorers, investigators, and treasure hunters. They have generally been considered a myth, and the group is often mentioned in connection with the equally unsubstantiated Raxla mystery. It is believed they have existed since the earliest days of interstellar travel, and according to lore, they are made up of not only the bravest, but most competent of commanders from each generation, who it's understood are inducted by invitation only by this clandestine group. In 3300, the appearance of minor faction identifying themselves as the Dark Wheel appeared in the system of Shanatra Dejra. As many know, Shanatra Dejra is a system only accessible to the galaxy's elite. Is this merely coincidence, or is it a clue? So, what happens if we expand the Dark Wheel's faction into other systems, taking their influence from Shinatra Dejra to the home of humanity, the Sol system? Could expanding the Dark Wheel to Sol give more clues? Could this be why there are currently only six factions in Sol? Or could this action shed light on the mystery around Neptune and its secret moon, Triton? These are the questions with your help we aim to answer, with our final objective being expanding the Dark Wheel's influence to the permit lock system of LFT-509, the suspected hidden home of the Dark Wheel and their legendary station and namesake. So ask yourself, do you want to know more? Do you want to be involved in the unraveling of this mystery? If so, why not join us in Turning the Wheel? So, you want to turn the wheel, but you don't know how. Well, let me explain. The best way to help is completing missions. Take missions for the Dark Wheel from stations and settlements with the aim to build their influence to targeted systems. Do trade missions, or perhaps transport some passengers, or take them on a sightseeing tour across the bubble. Or, if you prefer a little more action, why not try your hand with planetary scan machines? Get out your SRV and use your driving skills to expertly infiltrate Dark Wheel's opponent's heavily armed compounds. Use your scanner to obtain the required secure information from the data pod and return it. But be warned, they won't like it. 
Another key way to expand the dark field within systems is taking part in conflict zones. Engage in these epic space battles, fighting for the dark field faction, crushing opponents' forces alone or in a wing with friends. These war zones are not for the faint-hearted, and will definitely get your blood pumping. If conflict zones aren't your style of combat, perhaps you'd enjoy some bounty hunting. If so, hop into your favorite combat ship and get yourself to the resource extraction site. Search and destroy all the wanted ships you can find, and gather your horde of bounty vouchers whilst tearing up ship after ship. Ensure you do this in a system where the Dark Wheel have control of a station or settlement and cash your bounties in there to help with the expansion. For extreme combat, bring out your big guns and try your hand at an assassination or massacre mission. These intense combat scenarios will need you to be well armed and have you at the top of your game. So now you know what to do. What are you waiting for? Get in your ship, lift off, and come help us with turning the wheel. All right, that was good stuff, man. So I want to say a huge, huge thank you to Commander Orange Phoenix of the SPVFA for that video. Um, that's just incredible. Uh, I asked him if he would do us a favor and uh, hook us up with a, a nice little thing. And he said, yeah, I'd love to. And uh, I was just absolutely overjoyed. So... I hope you guys enjoyed that. That is going to be, number one, we're obviously using that to promote the program of the project, rather, of turning the wheel. And that went up on the forums. That's up on Reddit. That's up everywhere for, for use with the pro project. Also, we're going to be using that. I like it so much. We're going to be using that as the intro to our, uh, you know, our show every Friday. So, yeah, um, check that out. Make sure that you hit up commander orange phoenix there is going to be a link to the uh youtube uh channel uh and video of that make sure you give it a like make sure you subscribe to his channel and check out all of his stuff as well as the spvfa and in addition to that i have a link up to the reddit thread if you are one of the people that is turning the wheel please click on that reddit thread upvote it we want to get we have a lot of people in the forums that are in on this project. We have a lot of people, obviously us, all of us that are sort of the regulars are in on the project. I want to spread it to Reddit as well and uh, try to sort of maximize the amount of, uh, of eyeballs that we can get on this project so that we can keep it just growing and growing in momentum. All right, let's start with you, Roy. What'd you think? Oh my goodness. That was amazing. I... I wanted to watch it when everyone else watched it, and I just was blown away by that. That is, mm. I mean, that group does amazing work. Um, Orange Phoenix really knocked it out of the park on this one. Holy cow. 
100%. And I know that you're going to go to the Reddit thread at some point tonight, and you're going to upvote that so you can do your yes, part. Sir. I'm doing my part. All right, Arson. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I didn't get to wait, but I have watched it probably about 15, 20 times doing all of my prep work, and every single time it just makes me ooze with glee. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I've, I've seen it many, many times as well. I don't have a reason. I just have. Guru. Guru, you might be muted, brother. He is muted. Yeah. I am indeed muted. Imagine that. Just noticing you streamed. Phoenix, I didn't even realize that this whole time. How's this? Um. Yeah, no, Phoenix, I really enjoy your work immensely. I've been uh, looking forward to see what else you do. 100%. Oh, I mean, all of his stuff is amazing. His SPVFA stuff is so, so yeah. good. Right I'm really excited to see uh, just, I don't know, kind of be in cahoots now with so many different content creators and stuff. It's really exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All, all right. So that brings us to our sort of last point on the Dark Wheel update for the week, which is the Frontier live stream. Uh, so it was interesting. Frontier had a live stream on Thursday, and in that live stream, they plugged the dark wheel project not once not twice not three times but four times they literally oh. said hey check out the dark wheel project this that and the other you know kaizen over at elite week is putting this thing together here's the link to the discord here's this here's that and they also linked to that amazing video by commander orange phoenix and if those four plugs for the project weren't enough to make you think that there might be something up. Uh, you've got the link up ready, uh, uh, Arson. The link right there to when they were asked about Alessia Verdi and uh, they got the giggles and whatever. It's okay. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have to say uh, no, It's I'm in the sorry. show notes, you guys. When you get to the <laughs> show notes, pull it up. And, and uh, it's 32 minutes exactly in on that video. You will you will see it. Uh, it's hilarious. And they also made a thing on their Frontier streams. They literally put uh, exclamation point TDW, and it brings up the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Hawk Reborn. Mad sus, brah. It was, it was hilarious. They were like... Do we? Because I, I so several people were asking about Alicia Verity, and people were putting exclamation point Alicia exclamation point Verity. They were everybody's trying everything, and then finally, I actually commented on the chat and said, "Hey, Frontier, any comment on Alicia Verity?" And they were like, "No, no comment at all." And they sat there straight faced for about maybe a second and a half, and then they both broke into giggles. It was hilarious. Go check it out for yourself and tell me I'm wrong. All right, let's jump right into the next thing. We got to pick up the pace here because we're, we're running a little behind schedule from some stuff. All right, uh, next up was Elite Week episode 26, the interview with the pilot. Uh, that was a super, super interesting interview. Um, he sort of expressed his inner thoughts about a lot of things, and I think he's maybe taking a little bit of a break from, uh, from Elite at the moment. Uh, and... 
You can look into that for yourself. The link is in the show notes. And in addition to that, his new project, Ion, where it was like the player-created Galnet, put out an announcement saying, Pardon Our Dust was the name of the video. It was like a two-minute long video saying, We're taking a little break right now. We're renovating. We're stopping. We're I don't know what. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll get back to you. So, uh, Arson, your thoughts? I thought the interview was absolutely fantastic. Uh, definitely, like, I, I personally I might have felt a little bit outside my comfort zone, but he really opened up, and I got to commend him for not being afraid to just say what's on his mind. I appreciate that. That's what we want to see okay. on any interview. All right. Roy? Yeah, I thought it was very thoughtful. Uh, I, that's the word I would use is it was, um, um, you know, you were, you were touching on some... Um, stuff that was a bit sensitive could have been inflammatory a bit and uh it was handled well and he responded well and uh um yeah i think revealed revealed how he thought and it was very engaging i i enjoyed it it's worth worth watching for sure mm. i don't want to put you on the spot guru but do you have any any thoughts on that or it's, it's also completely acceptable to just say like yeah i don't want to comment <laughs> Uh, is this about the, I was a little distracted, about the pilot interview, am I right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, everybody has their right to, right to, right to uh, have their, their gripes, you know, and yeah, I don't know, I'm more than happy with the game, so but it, I, I don't really relate to it very well, but I totally understand people have their own experience, you know what I mean, so. A hundred percent. I say the smartest much. thing you can do is keep your expectations super low, keep your hopes Keep your hopes high and your expectations low and you, you pretty much stay happy with it. Also, uh, mm. you know, this is a game with uh, hundreds of billions of star systems and, and a phenomenal, the greatest flight mechanic, I think, of any game that I can possibly uh, cite. So just enjoy that. Play play the game. Have fun. Well, there's I think there's also the thing of, um, I don't know, in my mind, I just think of patience. You know, it's like we have we have a 10 year, you know, supposedly a 10 year storyline development. And for me, I, that helps me be like, okay, I'm, I'm patient. I, I want to be here for that whole, that whole storyline. And I'm eager to see where it goes. Cause I know they're not, it's not going to stay like this forever. It's, it seems a little dull at times for sure sometimes, but, um, but, uh, I don't know. I think patience is a, is a good thing to exhibit because I mean, it's exciting. Who knows what's going to happen in five years, you know, within that five years. Kai, you muted? Are you there? Yep. Sorry. Uh, absolutely. I think we're going to push the next segment for time just because of, mm -hmm. uh, okay. you know, some some delays that we had. But uh, so next week we'll get into a deep dive of, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to leave it as a surprise. Uh, let's go to Frontier News. Now, uh, for announcements, there were two announcements made. The first was uh, .3.1 patch notes. This was posted on July 27th at 5.07 p.m. UTC, and they gave patch notes for what the fix was going to be. And they said, OK, the patch is going to land on Wednesday. And then the very next day on Tuesday, they posted that the patch delayed the patch dot three dot one would be delayed uh, until Monday, August 3rd. So it's at the end of this weekend, it will be that patch. 
um, and they posted on uh, Twitter. Uh, Bruce posted basically that uh, it's a situation where they found some things that weren't quite right and with their QA testing and rather than put out a bad patch, they decided, you know, they were just going to have to push, push forward. They were going to have to delay it a couple of days, but you know, that, uh, that the weekend should give them plenty of time to actually get it back up and fully running. Roy, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, sure. If there's problems, let's not, uh, make something worse. Um, <laughs> fix the problem to fix problem, you know, um, I think it's fine. I, I'm having fun not doing mining. <laughs> so, yeah, right? Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Guru, your thoughts? <laughs> I, too, am having fun not mining. <laughs> I think that's everybody right now. Arson, your thoughts? Echo, echo, echo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So that takes us to the next segment, which is the Frontier Streams. There were two big Frontier Streams this week. Uh, first... Uh, they joined the awesome Commander Ascorbius for his Stream T9 Canyon running, or as I like to call it, the running of the cows. Uh, it was hilarious. Uh, it was, it ended in a, they were all at a crater and it was like a demolition derby type murder everybody situation. Uh, Ascorbius was there. Turjan was on stream. Commander Burr and Rini, the lovely power couple of elite were there as was uh, several other people, including Bruce from Frontier Developments, Commander Garrido, and uh, uh, Paige Harvey, the lovely Arthramus was there, uh, as, well as, uh, as well as a couple other people to, to round out the group. But it, was, it sounded like it was a hell of a time. I was super, super jealous. There was a post uh, in, in uh, one of the discords that uh, some of the content creators were on saying like, hey, if you want to join in on this, come join in on this. We're going to have some fun. And I was like, I want to be there, but I am stuck on the road working 200 miles away from my house and I cannot be there. And that was sad. Uh, that was followed up. And, and the link is in the show notes. Go watch it. It's super, super fun. There's a whole thing where Score basically created like a program where you load in your profiles. You have to be in T9s for it to work. And it gives you points as you go along this route. It gives you points for like how low to the ground you are and how fast you're going. And it has all kinds of modifiers. It's crazy, crazy fun. Uh, and, and he links in that stream. He shows you how you can access it and you can run it with your own friends and, and, and have fun. Uh, and then we come to the Thursday stream on, th on their Thursday stream. Um, let's see here. The, the the their regular sort of chat and play uh, at 6 p.m. UTC. In that, there were several, several uh, sort of key points that were made. First off, Bruce stated clearly that they are working on VR for Odyssey. They just need to sort of manage the expectation because it's quite a difficult problem to crack, but they are working on it. This is not a situation of like, yeah, man, we're, you know, we've decided it's not going to happen and we're just not sort of telling you now because we're trying to sort of put off the pain till later when you see oohs and ahs. This is a situation where they're saying we're legitimately not sure how to best try to do it. It's a tough problem, but we're working the problem. So I, for one, find that to be hugely, hugely, you know, 
reassuring for our VR brethren. If you want to look into that for yourself, the exact clip is in the YouTube show notes, and it happened at exactly 24 minutes and 40 seconds into the uh, into the stream. In addition to that, Frontier announced in that stream that uh, they will be streaming with Mal for the win uh, on Monday, but they will be returning to their regular stream schedule in August. So next week is August. So meaning that instead of the Thursday night fireside chats that they've been doing, those streams, those those Thursday night fireside chats are actually going to move to Mondays, and those are going to be afternoon England time, morning America time, uh, that they're going to be doing their Monday chats, and that on Thursdays they're going to be moving back to their regular feature streams. So things like the the Thursday night stuff they used to do, things like the featured commander, galactic intern, the lore tour, the whatever galactic tourist, all of that stuff that they were doing, they're going to be, you know, coming, I guess, in August, which starts in a couple of days, they're going to be going back to doing that. Now, it was said with the caveat that they are still streaming from home for the moment. So they want you to sort of understand, you know, limit expectations. As we all know, when people stream from home, like this stream, there are sometimes technical difficulties and we work around it as best we can. So that is what is sort of up. But this is a big signal, two really good signals, I think, from that thing. The first is that they're getting back to more stuff. And oh, by the way, dev diaries are also in, you know, we know are in the in the lineup for August. So theoretically dev diary could be coming as early as next week i would not put money on that i would put money on a dev diary around about the middle of the month and a big 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 i would i would think maybe oh this is going to be about the time maybe middle of the next month that they start reaching out to the press start you know doing whatever it is that they do behind the scenes and that maybe around the weekend of uh, a weekend late August that we'll discuss very shortly, uh, they're going to be sort of releasing a big, sexy trailer with, if I had to take a wild guess, I would say ice planets and at least one new ship and some cool, cool shit to get us excited. All right, let's start with Roy. Your thoughts on uh, the two sort of big statements from the stream? I, I felt the disturbance in the force, as though the voices of thousands of commanders were rejoicing at this news of FDEV working on VR for Odyssey. Um, that seems really big. Um, mm. That seemed like the, you're telling me there's a chance kind of news that so many were looking for. Uh, so I'm very, I'm very happy about that. I don't have a VR rig, but I've been um, wanting one. And uh, I, you know, this is just more reason to get one that, that this is going to I think they'll figure it out. Um, that T9 racing, I had no idea you could do things like this. This thing <laughs> he did with the points for the like, where does how does it even scrape that data? Uh, your altitude, and he's got an overlay that's like watching a real race on TV, where you see where mm -hmm. you are in the position around the loop. I mean, that's and I love I love that the the markers for the positions are all little cow heads. I thought that yeah, was cool. that's crazy. I yeah. I had no idea that was even like functionally possible with uh, mm -hmm. interfacing with this game. So. That's amazing. Uh, that's the API cool. from this game is crazy, man. That's a, there's a lot there. All right, Arson, your thoughts? 
uh, as far as the Frontier stream and them actually, uh, I, I essentially see it as them committing like, yeah, no, we're not going to get VR for Odyssey at launch. But what that says is, okay, we understand that everybody wants VR. We're taking it seriously and we will get it when we can. And that is phenomenal to me. Um, on the Type 9 racing, I actually watched uh, a fair bit of that stream. That is because of a ED Market Connector plugin. It reads your oh. commander's journal. And uh, it uses the same uh, positional information that is output <coughs> that is used by tools like uh, ED Recon and others that will give you a compass bearing to get mm. to a specific latitude and longitudinal coordinate. Got it. So they okay. use that, and the plugin that they're using for it feeds it to the person managing the event so that they can put on all of the positions and all of that stuff. It's, it's awesome. Very cool. Uh, that's Very, that's it was a really cool watch, too. All right, Guru, your thoughts? That's wild. I had no idea they did that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it would suck to... I don't, I've don't. i never even played the game in VR, so I don't know, but it would suck to... Uh, it's like to not add that good on them I, I imagine uh that's definitely high on their list of things to achieve and, uh, best best of luck right on all right which takes mm -hmm. us to the next issue which is that frontier are members of virtual gamescom now virtual gamescom so originally frontiers were members of gamescom that were supposed to happen earlier in the year and uh, well when i say not earlier in the year earlier in the month rather it was supposed to happen around mid-August, and then it got canceled because of COVID, and then they transitioned into virtual Gamescom, which everything is that's been the year of 2020 is transitioning into virtual whatever. And virtual Gamescom is going to kick off on August the 27th and go all weekend, so it's August 27th through August 30th. Let me tell you, absolutely I put right now my money. That is when you expect to see a big, sexy trailer. Not the little teaser trailer that we got last time. I'm not saying we're going to get another two minute long thing that shows, you know, two people walking a little bit. And don't get me wrong. That was cool. That was exciting. I was hyped. That was awesome because I, I love the, the, the planet tech that they demonstrated there. I love the fact that they clearly showed an atmospheric landing of a tenuous, rocky, barren world, a Mars-like world, if you will. I, I was a huge fan of that trailer, but that was a teaser trailer. The next trailer that we get, the one that we're going to get the weekend of August 27th, if I had to bet money, if I had to put it all on one day, roulette style, I would say August 29th. On August 29th, we're going to get a big, honking, sexy, elite, dangerous video are you guys hyped? Because I sure as fuck am. Let's start with Guru. Oh, yeah, I'm super hyped. Yeah, they ain't that... Dude, this is exciting. Odyssey looks really exciting. It just looks like a full-on improvement all around. And it's going to open up a lot of possibilities. And I'm eager to see what they put in those tra trailers because I, I really like their trailers. So. I'm not letting you off that easy. You got to put some... Mm -hmm. You got to get some skin in the game. What do you think we're going to see in the trailers? Oh, that I don't know. I don't know. We know so little. We know so little, so it's hard to say. It's All looking right. good so far, though. Yeah, I don't really have much on that, unfortunately. 
All right, Roy, hit me up, Big Daddy Roy. You know, more grist for the mill of speculation and uh, hype, and uh, and I'm I'm meaning that in a great way. Um, I think we're going to see, if I had to predict, I'd say like a silhouette tease of a ship, you know, maybe going in front of a star or something. We get to speculate on what the, what it might be. That's oh, it. I think they're going to show a ship landing on an ice planet. I think they're going to be like, boom, shock-a-lock. Now what? <laughs> I'm like, like, just show it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be coy. I don't know. Right. This, is gonna be, this isn't going to be like artistic, you know, See, this is going to be full on dick pic in your in your DMs. Deal with it. <laughs> All right, then. I guess we know we got both ends of that spectrum pegged. <laughs> okay. and, and and now I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm thinking, like I said, Dev Diary. Uh, you know, Dev Diary around August fifteenth, and I'm thinking. Um, I'm thinking. Uh, Gamescom, uh, big thing, August 29th. Does anybody have any days they want to throw out what they're thinking, uh, Roy? Oh no, I'm not good with picking these days. I'm I'm gonna okay. go with uh, what you got there. Okay. So, and, and and in addition to the fact that I think that there's gonna be, I think there's gonna be some, you know, because there, there has to be. Just looking at it logically, there has to be sort of press junkets of one kind or another. Uh, and those junkets, we all know, games journalists these days have absolutely no idea what the concept of ethics is. They leak to all their friends. Their friends leak to Yamix. I expect by August, I expect that there's going to be, you know, a dev diary in the middle of August. And right as, as Frontier is riding high off of the excitement of the group with the dev diary about three, four, five days after that. You're going to get Yamex twittering about how, you know, ah, this was that. And then <laughs> and and it's everybody's going to get immediately whipped up into a lather of bullshit of like, OK, this is where we're all going to be super, super mad without facts. And then they're going to then get hit with the, the, the detailed trailer, you know, 10 days later and everybody will you know calm down a little bit and be happy and be excited and be you know looking forward to it arson your thoughts on all of this well i'm not gonna do anything with dates um but i do want to say as far as trailers are concerned i just want to remind people that back when we started seeing all of the thargoid stuff in trailers and uh I don't remember the name of the damn group. Uh, Aegis, the Aegis trailer with the the commanders and the cockpits and all of that stuff with the actual moving heads, talking lips, and then you know some of the ship walks. They've talking had time lips. to work on this. <laughs> yeah, talking lips, but they've had time to work on it. Mm-hmm. I bet you that this is a bet slash hope, but ship landing on an ice world i like that it's an attack on a settlement and i'll raise your shadow the attack is lawfuls versus pirates pirate hideout and they go through and the next thing you know there's a hyperdiction and they hear it from inside and the shadow is a friggin thargoid now now to be clear you're not saying a thargoid ship you're saying a thargoid thargoid you're saying we actually see we actually see the bugs in the flesh, so to speak. Yeah. 
in the shadow, the bug, a Thargoid, Thargoid. Yeah, yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Okay. And my bonus prediction, and this is the one where everybody's going to think whatever. I'm going to reiterate it once again. Some point between mid-August, I would say maybe the way things are looking with the dot three patch closer to late August into maybe mid-September. But I'm saying before October 1st, we will have game, actual game, in-game content of some kind with a ramp up, a lead in to Odyssey. All right, let's move on to the discussion topic. Uh, we're going to actually skip this next part here and we're going to cut it, pare it down to one topic for today because of time. So let's go with map bookmarks. Here's what I want. Oh, yeah. I want a bookmark folder to custom sort my bookmarks. So, so bookmark folders rather to custom sort my bookmarks. I want the bookmark cap to be increased to 256 bookmarks per folder, but 256 folders available. So you could basically have um, next to unlimited bookmark, unlimited bookmarks, just because it's like, uh, that, but, but doing it under that system, giving it a cap of 256 per folder helps out with the sort of the, the memory optimization, whatever it, it just trust me. It makes it better. Uh, I would like the ability to create a bookmark to any fixed point in the galaxy, excluding super cruise. So any lat long position of any fixed point in space or planet side. Mm. And I would like the ability to hyperlink any bookmarks into chat. So I click on a bookmark. You don't have to be in my squadron. I click on a bookmark. I click on the, you know, system chat. I post it. Everybody in system chat sees that bookmark. They can click on it and choose to go there. if They so choose. Uh, I would like access to bookmarks from the navigation panel. So if you jump into a system and you happen to have a bookmark posted for that system saying like, hey, this whatever, it should pop up in the navigation panel, just like every other sort of point or signal or whatever in the thing does. If the lore of this is we're using our navigation computer to create these bookmarks, There's absolutely no reason why it wouldn't show up in the navigation computer wherever we go. Uh, And I I would uh, point out to people that say like, well, that's a lot you're asking for. No, that's not a lot I'm asking for. What that is, is basically what you could do from Firefox or Mozilla in you know, 1991 in, in, in email clients or what do you call it? Uh, Browsers, internet browsers. It is very, very simple code side, and it does not require anything to be done to save, be saved on their servers. It's, it's saved on my computer. I'm saving bookmarks. That's, it's, it's bookmarks. This is not rocket science. We saw rocket science earlier in the episode. This right here is stuff that was in internet browsers back when grunge was a thing, okay? So we, I want that. Let's start with Roy. Your thoughts? Uh, you know, I, I love that list. Something I'd add is uh, I wonder if they could have bookmarks be um, part of the API so that you could actually, you know, sort them, organize them, edit them outside of the game. In uh, You know, there's even, I was just looking just now, ED Discovery has a bookmarks tab, but it's not linked to anything in the game. It's, it's uh, what you you know, right up outside of the game. 
Uh, but I could see there some merit in not having to put the burden of, you know, enhancing the in-game UI more to deal with, you know, 65,000 bookmarks. Like, have the folders and everything, sure. But if, if those things could be, um, since they're going to be on the client side anyway, put it in a text file or CSV file or something, and then give us the ability to um, work with it offline or in parallel in a third-party tool, something like that, where it could it could be made a lot more, um, uh, I don't know if ergonomics is the right way, a good UI experience, I guess, outside of the game without them having to reprogram a whole lot of stuff in the in the UI. Beautiful. I'm. You said a lot of words there that were, you know, some fancy book learning. I'm a dumb marine. I want to be able to drag and drop shit where I want it to be. That's me. All right, Arson. Your thoughts on all this? I'm just gonna trail right off where Roy left off and say that right now bookmarks are definitely stored server side, but with the updated quantity absolutely 65,000 some odd bookmarks and all these folders give it to us client side uh reference to the visited stars cache that shows you all of your stuff that's stored locally uh, as i mentioned on a previous stream people are already using tools to modify that list with various different things i could just imagine the awesomeness that would come from being able to modify say that csv file or whatever format they choose and you're running ed market connector and you've got a plug-in for your faction and your faction sends out a uh, a push and you don't even need to be in the squadron that bookmark boom zoom straight into your ed market connector it throws it in and then you go into your uh, bookmarks folder and you're like pop and you just go like oh that kind of networking <laughs> we would have so many possibilities beautiful guru yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, I would I would emphasize that we should have different colored or different icons for bookmarks as well as different yes. uh, as well as just having a bunch more for sure. Also, really like your mention of uh, putting the bookmark just at a point in space. Um, and I would add that giving us some sort of ability to create search zones that could be shared with your wing, you know, Hmm. But uh, that goes into something completely else, I'm sure, in a much more difficult level of coding. But uh, but the bookmarks, oh my gosh, please, yes. We're not the first to, to talk about this, that's for sure. Absolutely. All right. So that is the discussion topic. I want to hear from you guys, everyone listening in the stream, people listening to the podcast, whatever. Definitely, for sure, hit us up. Put it in the comment section on the YouTube video of, of what it is or put it in the Discord, you know, under the comments uh, or uh, community feedback uh, question segment. Um, you know, it, 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 it's like, poof, it, it, this is, I want to hear what you thought of that we haven't. So when you post up, what you're going to get from that is you're going to get to hear your thoughts on the air you're going to share them you're going to create and continue the discussion and you know i think that that's sort of the most important sort of thing that we're looking at here is you're going to i think i'm going to take a break for 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 a couple of weeks on the whole you know prize thing because i want to foster the people who actually sort of want to discuss it because they want like hey i got an idea and i want to get it out there not just like all right i want a sticker what do i say so let's let's give this a C and see 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 how this this goes. But 
I really hope that you guys are going to be uh, inspired by this topic and you're going to say, okay, you idiots, you got half of it right, but you completely missed this and you're going to throw out some awesome shit that we're going to be like, oh my God, how did we not think of that? So hit us up. All right. That takes us to state of the game. Let's let's go through some stuff real quick. Number one, first thing on state of the game is this. Uh, Galnet News Digest this last week. Watherspoon, Commander Watherspoon. I don't know how many people caught it, but this is public. This is information that you can go right now and you can see for yourself. But people slip. They don't, they don't catch it. It gets by them. Nothing gets by me. I catch it all, man. And let me tell you something. Yeah. We announced here, we announced here weeks ago that after looking at the Amadi, uh, the breakdown from the Amadi Investments call, uh, that w- had to be the investment dinner that had to be moved on to online because of you know COVID, we announced that nah, man, everyone that thinks that uh, uh, Odyssey is going to drop end of March, if not mid year, you guys are off. All right. He, David Braben said directly to the investors that it's going to be early, early, early. It was supposed to be for, you know, mid-January or whatever. And then it got pushed back, quote, a couple of handfuls of days because of the issues surrounding COVID. And he even said that they could maybe even try to get it out by Christmas, but that would be or by the end of the year. But that would be them pushing their their people very, very hard at Christmas time. And he didn't want to do that. He didn't feel it was responsible. He didn't feel that it was good as an employer to sort of put your people to that at, at, at during the holidays. So I'm saying it now. Odyssey's dropping January 15th by January 15th, if not sooner. And Watherspoon, whatever sources he has, he has also picked that up. If you notice... He openly stated in last week's Galnet News Digest that Odyssey will drop in January. Uh, In the last episode, he said that it'll drop in less than six months. He said that in July, meaning that it has to drop, according to what he's showing, his projection is in January. So there's a chance, if we're super, super lucky, that it's right before the end of the year. But I don't think so. I think realistically, they've got a good take on where it is and where it's going to land. They think it's going to land mid-January, I think, and so do I. Um, so if you're getting your news from a source that's telling you it's going to be the end of March or or later, this is a better source for your news. And the only thing that I can say to prove that is let's see when it comes out and let's see who's right. Roy, your thoughts? Uh not much to add there. It's uh, I saw the 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 video as well, and it's pretty pretty plain. I mean, public company. He's got to he's got to say what he best believes, and that's what he believed. And mm. it is what it is. It's I think it's January. Arson. I'm glad it's not arriving in December because if it did before Christmas, I'd probably be dead by January. But. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that based off watching it as well, uh, it definitely said that they are very confident just with the overall vibe of what's going on, that they would have been able to meet December anyways. So that says, yeah, I'm I'm pretty well behind it popping in January. That wouldn't surprise me one bit. Guru. 
Oh, the sooner the better. That's what I say. Beautiful. All right. Next up, we've got... uh, I've been seeing some places, the assumption that was more or less, and I'm going to paraphrase, that Tritium is going to get fixed, as in fixed from where it is now on Monday, but that it's going to be less than what it was before. So that it's going to be, you know, Tritium is going to be nerfed, but greatly fixed compared to what it is now. I want to dispel that right off the bat. Frontier stated clearly and repeatedly that they intended for there to be no decrease in Tritium and that they will be returning Tritium to the pre.3 patch levels. And I'm going to throw this in as a bonus, parentheses, if not more. I think they, they've seen from this that making Tritium hard to gather is going to get them nothing but heartache from the exploration community. I would not be at all shocked to see Tritium come back at, you know, okay, not, you know, right now it's at 5%. It used to be at 100%. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Tritium actually come back post this patch on Monday and be at maybe, you know, 110 or 115%. It will not be nerfed. I'm looking at you in the chat. All right, Roy. Um, I yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with that. I read the same things. I would say though that just to maybe temper expectations, there's something more complex going on in how mm. they're trying to fix this, especially given they've had to delay the patch again. So um, while this is their desire, I would not be completely shocked if. They didn't quite hit the mark uh, when this patch rolls out. Arson. I'd have to kind of agree with that. Uh, You know, there's a chance that that might happen, um, and that's okay. But I think that with regards to tritium availability, I bet they're going to sprinkle a lot more tritium subsurface deposits in places, or I'm sorry, yeah, subsurface that are in places other than tritium hotspots just to be like here you go you're just always gonna get a trickle of tritium while you're mining okay hmm. All uh, right, yeah people love their tritium <laughs> 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 yeah uh I, I don't really have an opinion on this i don't mind at all Fair enough. or have a carrier yeah Fair sadly enough. i get you all right that brings us up to the next thing, which is the Alchemy Den have a charity stream coming up, mm. a road trip. It's a 24-hour extra life charity event. They're going to circumnavigate the planet 59 Virginis, planet 6B. Uh, in SRVs, uh, it starts at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, uh, which is 2 p.m. UTC. And I've got a link in the show notes for the people that want to go ahead and go into the Twitch of twitch.tv forward slash Arboric, A-R-B-U-R-I-C-H. And, uh, you know, take part in seeing these crazy dudes drive around a planet for a whole, you know, 24 hours straight and see if they can get around it. They've done this before, but they did it with a much more modest size body uh, Mm -hmm. last year. Now they're going way big, way big. Uh, I'm just going to open up to anybody who wants to share their thoughts on this. If you don't have any, that's completely fine too. Do, do they? Is there an estimate of how long it's going to take? Well, it's a 24-hour stream, so I'm I'm thinking that they hope to get it done in less than that. Huh. In which okay. case, they'll just sort of shoot the shit and chill for the for the last part. 
kudos to them. That's that's impressive. That's a lot right of on. endurance there. All right. Does anybody else have anything to add before we move on? I'm getting it moving in a good clip here. Mm-mm. All right. This one, I'm going to need all of you guys to give your input here. This is a question of perspective. All right. Elite Dangerous mm. has had a two week mining glitch. The dot three patch two weeks. Okay. Two weeks. Does it suck? Absolutely. Is it bad? Absolutely. Are they embarrassed and unhappy? Absolutely. But I've literally been seeing some videos from some folks saying, well, I'm done with this. What's going on with Elite? I'm going to go play me some Star Citizen. Guys, this is a heavy dose of fucking perspective for you right here. Elite has had a two-week mining glitch versus Star Citizen, which is five years behind schedule, still in pre-alpha, and a lot of their people are in open revolt right now over the fact that they just announced a roadmap on how they're going to get to their roadmap that was due three months ago. So just a little dose of perspective if you're saying I'm gonna go play some No Mansky because you know I don't like delays, okay, fair, I can give you that. But if you're saying I don't like this two week delay, I'm gonna go play Star Citizen. Well, son, roll up your fucking sleeves and settle in because you're gonna get used to delays pretty damn quick. Let's start <laughs> with Guru. Your thoughts? Oh, that's funny. Uh. <laughs> <clears throat> One second, I get a little distracted. No worries. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I would say they might leave now, but they'll be back when Odyssey hits. <laughs> right on. All right, Arson. Five years behind a map to a road map, and <laughs> there are people in open revolt versus two-week mining glitch all i've got to say is cia cig rather ain't got shit on frontier and, and don't get me wrong i'm not trying to say that to be shitty to, to star citizen <laughs> i really am not i wish wish for them all the best i wish for their players all the best i'm not trying to be shitty i'm just saying if you're leaving a lead over a two-week glitch and you're saying i'm gonna go put my chips in the star citizen basket oh have you got a rude awakening uh coming to you man all right roy hit me up drop some uh, knowledge <clears throat> yeah so i mean i so, and so in the similar way to how uh i've been enjoying doing other things than mining in the mm. last two weeks uh i i also take breaks from elite you know sure gas. like I, I, sure it's a game i play more than i've played any other game since i started playing it but uh i i need i mean just speaking for myself i'd get burned out if i didn't step away from it uh every once in a while for a day or two or three and and play something else and and then uh and then i get excited about playing elite again and I, it's just burnout right um maybe there's people that are genuinely upset after two weeks but it's more of a you know maybe they could be adopting some different strategies so that that wouldn't happen i you know that's that's why i keep you around because you say it much nicer than i did all right let's uh <laughs> Let's move on to the next thing here. We've got Obsidian Ant has a video out that you should really look at. He's put out a couple of videos, and he's been putting out a lot of flight sim content. Uh, you know, I, I would just say this. Uh, with regard to his 
Elite Dangerous content with his Odyssey content, he's put out a couple of things and it's like, okay, okay, okay. He put out one, though, that I want to highlight, a video that you should watch. It's what do you want from Odyssey? Now, here's the thing, and I'm not, I'm sure I'm not going to be bursting anybody's bubble. I'm sure nobody's going to be going like, <gasps> I'm shocked to find out that there's gambling going on in this establishment. Uh, Obsidian has some ins. He has some sources. He has access to some information. And if you watch his videos, you'll tend to see a sort of a pattern where it's like, okay, this is a video that's just sort of general background fluff, and this is general background fluff, and this one's general background fluff, and this one is different. This one's got some angle to it that if you look, you can kind of decipher and see behind the curtain and see what's what. In Obsidian's video, what do you want from Odyssey? He focuses very, very heavily on the social hubs and key locations. And I think that uh, you might want to take a look at that video more than once. You might want to parse in exactly what he's saying and the way he's saying it. And you might want to look at some of the things that he's leaning on and start to ask yourself, what are the assumptions about... (sighs) the walking around and different social hubs and all these things and what are the assumptions about evas and shipboarding and and different questions about exploration because i think a lot of people have jumped to some assumptions of oh we're definitely not getting walking in ships or we're definitely not getting this or we're definitely not getting that and some of those assumptions may be right and some of those assumptions may not so take take a look at that video and you know you tell me what you think. Now with regard to all of that, let's start with Arson. What are your thoughts? Watch the video. I don't know where Obsidian gets it, but the concept art he has of elite dangerous space legs. <laughs> all right. Roy uh, nothing really to add. Um, I'm I'm curious about the exact same things. All right, uh, Guru. Uh, you know it's interesting. You say talking about walking around. So- I'm not familiar with the video. I haven't seen it yet. So, but um, you're talking about walking around social hubs and whatnot. If you look at the early developer diaries um, of Elite, it's like the majority of them were talking about wanting to walk around their ships and walk around stations. And I'm really excited about walking around stations, you know, go sit, sit at a bar and start a fight or something. I don't know. Hell yeah. Well, one of the one of the actual exact uh, options or, 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 or examples cited was uh, showing a bar location. And he's like, oh, oh it's on. What could we do here? Maybe what could, you know, and the question there being like, you know, people, are there going to be people sitting around role playing, you know, playing a game of poker or something? Or is there going to be? You know, you have to deal with this guy who's like, my friends wanted in 17 systems. He doesn't like you. I don't like you either. And you're yeah. like, hey, you're like, hey, fuck off, dude. I got to go over there and talk to that dude in the huge Wookiee about, uh, you know, getting a ride somewhere. <laughs> you know, it could be some it could be some hive of scum and villainy, you know, going on. It could be good, some good stuff. Yeah, maybe maybe you can, like, overhear some, uh, some secret talk about a stash or something like that. Yeah, I'm really curious about the possibilities of what's going to happen. Right on, man. Right on. All right. Roy, why don't you hit us up with... Uh, 
fill us in on your experiences in Slaughter Bowl last weekend, last Sunday. Yeah, so uh, this past Sunday, I, I participated in the, uh, the, the the very first uh, uh, SRV Slaughter Bowl. Um, I think we might have, we've had some footage throughout the the evening on on that. We may have see some more here in a minute, and uh, uh, of my comic attempts. <laughs> Uh, my my ace SRV piloting. I managed to take someone out, and then uh, I think I, it's hard to tell in the chaos. But I'm going to say that out of about a dozen people, I think I came like fifth or fourth. A um, lot of fun. Um, it was their first uh, week of doing it, mm. so there was a little bit of logistics trying to figure out, um, you know, gasp instancing, and and things like that. Uh, they got it straight though, and and uh, I think a good time was had by all. Um, at the end of the event, uh, there there was a clear winner, and then some mayhem ensued. Mm. Uh, there was there was some uh, groups of ne'er do wells uh, looking to prey upon the event, and uh, uh, fortunately, it came after uh, the event had been run. Uh, but there was some uh, SRVs exploded. There was some uh, ships. There was some ships up above exploded uh, from the same uh, folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there was some uh, a posse put together to go chase down the ne'er-do-wells, which, uh, you know, some more emergent gameplay uh, in that sense from that. So I, I really enjoyed it. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the subsequent events. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think they'll have the logistics sorted out and it'll, it'll go uh, smoother. And I would hope this time some people based on this first experience may bring some security along or cheaper ships, one of the two. Well, that and also they can modify how they allow access to the people that are in that private group and whatnot, for sure. All right. Yeah. All right. So uh, that is super, super interesting. I I appreciate the fact that the because it, 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 I've heard it referred to by some other uh, podcasts uh, during the week that it was like, yeah, you know, the, the, the very polite people who came to, you know, just, you know, blow everybody up, they thoughtfully waited until the event ended. Uh, no, they did not. In the stream where the guy was talking about it, he flat out said, you know, like, that they were going to go, they were going to go early, they were going to grief people, they were going to ruin the event. That was their stated goal. But they uh, had problems instancing themselves, and <laughs> as luck would have it, they weren't able to wreak havoc until the event was already over. So that's one of those situations where I'm in favor of instancing problems when it comes down to people being able to gank and ruin a, an event. Uh, so, yeah, man. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Arson, I'd like you to touch on the nature of the air-to-ground attack. You got it. So since this hasn't started yet, I'm just going to go ahead and pop this up. That's not how that was supposed to work. Okay, so there was this lovely little thing that uh, some people had been sitting on. I've censored the video because they're assholes and don't deserve uh, to get their names showed on screen. Um, but they decided to utilize mines from Super Cruise Glide. So when you drop into planetary flight, uh, you can see on the radar there, uh, all of these mines have been released way far up 
at altitude while traveling at 2500 meters per second gliding so you have people acting as bombers and one person in this particular footage's case who has launched a whole bunch of mines as a class one uh, rapid fire modified mine launcher uh, of course it's engineered and all that stuff and they just release a bunch of it and then they pull up out of the glide and move back up into cruise and you just see this massive carpet bombing uh it's phenomenal it's a fantastic use of the mechanic but we were talking last week a whole lot about uh ground to air weapons and i'm sorry air to ground weapons and and tools and things for ships to assist players on the ground while they're walking in odyssey and this is an example of just the kind of awesomeness that you might be able to see with that just imagine being one of the people on foot down there that would be nuts yeah for sure yeah that definitely looks like a almost like a napalm run where it's just you see it line up and then just right there boom it just spreads out along the bombing line um super super interesting guys for next week keep an eye on your on your you know list of who you allow into that uh into that uh event and uh i wish you well with that uh hopefully you will not get ganked again um all right so i think with that Let's go ahead and move right into the community feedback and prize winner uh, for this week. Uh, and like I said, we're going to do that for this week. And then we're going to give that a little break. I want to see, I want to get more of a natural flow of actual, you know, people that are super interested in it as opposed to just, I want loots. So why don't we start with um, Osashi's? Yeah, so uh, Asashi's wrote into us saying, along the lines of air-to-ground support, I think it would be awesome if ship-based limpets or drones could be deployed to provide ground support, i.e. healing, reviving downed FPS combatants below, or even repairing damaged SRVs on the surface. Additionally, you could have combat drones that could be deployed from above, but make the pilot or even co-pilot take a more active role in actually piloting the drones below via telepresence rather than having them auto-AI fire. This, in addition to standard air-to-surface weaponry fire, would make piloting a ship during ground-based combat much more versatile in scope and level uh, of, a level of cool immersion that I have yet to see in any other game. So that was on the first question. There were two feedback questions. The first one was any kind of uh, what, what kind of new uh, sort of modules do you want to see hardpoint-wise of like ground to uh, sorry air to uh, surface. Uh, weaponry or ECM suites or uh, like uh, sensors or anything of that nature, uh, you know, cameras or whatever. And the second question that we had was about um, sort of increasing the option for internal livery, either, you know, livery to like change your, your cockpit layout or change you know, have a, a bobblehead for a, a little co-pilot or an Ashling Duvall bobblehead, or what if, since we're doing, you know, uh, elite feet or walking space legs, you know, what if you were to have, you know, a, a, a kind of a Captain Picard ready room, you know, like your personal quarters that are right off the bridge, and that in that you could have, you know, your triple elite plat pack plaque, or you could have a little dog co-pilot, you know, that's there, or whatever, all these different things. So those were the two 
questions that you're going to be hearing answers with or, or responding to. Arson, why don't you hit us up with Dog Dougie's response? Well, Dog Dougie hit us with a statement saying a camera internal module could be used similar to the way that it was used in FE2, uh, which is previous Elite game, uh, where you get to do reconnaissance missions to photograph a high security surface insulation. It sounds easy, but you had swarms of vipers attacking you as you approached, and it took a degree of skill to get good enough picks. Missions like that would scale nicely into the current game as a challenging surface-based wing mission, as all current wing missions are either assassination, war, or trade missions that never involve visiting the surface of a planet. This could even become a new profession if there was enough variety, possibly more use for small-sized stealth builds for solo missions, making smaller ships like Eagles and Sides have an advantage compared with the usual larger ships we all use. Good stuff, good stuff. Roy, go into the next one. Next, we heard from Commander Elite Ventral. I'm hoping Frontier allows internal ship livery to be even more customizable than outer ship livery, beyond able being able to paint the walls and post internal uh, decals. I hope they employ the use of rooms, perhaps allowing players to actually install different rooms to explore or use, i.e. a lounge, trophy room, hollow room. Um, or posting your own in-game screenshots uh, on hollow tablets for you to use, sleeping quarters, bathrooms, exploring the cargo bay to actually walk and look at cargo and fighter hangar, etc. Uh, they, they can go extremely far with ship internals. If done right, they could really expand the immersion and world building of Elite Dangerous. Further, I do hope they employ a communal multiplayer to ship internals, allowing other players to join on your ship. Even perhaps install your own bar for fun. This could add a whole new layer of role-playing, socialization, and multiplayer, even expanding in-game events to include these internal areas. I have high but tempered hopes for these areas now that we can finally stretch our legs in our ships. Awesome. Awesome. Arson? All right, so our next bit of feedback comes from Mazder Verhall, and he says internal ship library would be very easy to do conceptually. I mean, it's basically apartment creation, lots of options to fit in. If I were to imagine a perfect way of doing it, it would require a feature not currently in the game. It'd involve walking around a showroom or showrooms for each ship for internal spaces. You'd have your captain's cabins, eating accommodations, lounge areas, engine rooms, labs, passenger cabins, uh, fighter and vehicle hangar bays, etc. Then you'd have items to go into each of these spaces separated by their own showrooms. Yeah, walking to each individual showroom might be a bit annoying, or they could have it be a few hologram rooms or something. Seriously, we have holograms. How have they not applied that for practice rooms or something in lore? But I think actually seeing a mock-up or preview of what you're buying and the space you're putting in is a good way to go, rather than it being buy couch X while in a menu, get out of pilot's chair, see how it looks like, don't like it, go back to pilot's chair, go back to menu, sell and choose another, rinse and repeat until you have the thing you like. The very, very least I'd expect is to change room colors and a few furniture options if they're going to do internal library. And honestly, if it's implemented, then there has got to be a change on to the weekly arcs cap and acquisition rate, as there is potentially so much more stuff that they could have as decoration. Then we heard from Rusty, Na Rusty X Nails. Uh, I'm not sure what the point of a new 
air-to-surface weapon module would be. If you can target ground-based enemies or turrets or whatever, any of the current weapons would be fine. So allowing ships to target skimmers would be fantastic. As for the interior livery, and this goes for external too, I suppose, custom color schemes would be rad. Maybe you purchase certain patterns or places to customize, but the player should choose the colors. Also, really gaudy stuff would be awesome. I'd love to outfit <laughs> the bridge of the beluga with shag carpets, some lounging <laughs> bean bags, lava lamps, and a disco ball. Wait, I take back that first doubt about air-to-surface weapons. Here's an idea. Remote detonation bombs. They would work like limpets. You target something, launch the bomb, they attach, then you fly away and detonate it when you're out of their reach. This would be great for little stealth attacks. Adding to that, you should be able to stealth into bases with silent running or using heat sinks. So if you want to build a shieldless stealth ship, it'd be fun to fly and all secret-like. Deploy your remote detonation devices, then sneak out. Nice. Arson. Uh, Riz Danny Vega said, When you say air-to-ground weapon modules, there can be two kinds. Like missiles, you have unguided and guided munitions. As far mm -hmm. as the camera is concerned, I assume it's from multi-crew gunner's point of view. Unguided would have an area of effect crosshair. That means depending on atmospheric and gravitational conditions. That's a really interesting point to bring up. And ordinance is likely to hit within a certain area. Guidance ordinance is likely similar to player-controlled weapons like Predator missiles. And it can go beyond offensive modules like, say, for surface mining which hasn't been implemented yet, nor has it been mentioned in the roadmap for Odyssey. Just an assumption, given uh, they are giving us space legs. Good stuff. And, and then we heard from Odyssey. Uh, I kind of hope they don't put bathrooms and beds in every ship. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of them, it just wouldn't make sense. Like a lot of the combat ships or other ships that just won't be out of contact with a carrier or station for long periods of time. Maybe add to the internal module system that allows you to add or remove the crew quarters with some other interactable ship internals. And then each module could give buffs to the ship, depending on what internals are on the ship. Day four in my in my uh, uh, vulture, that chili was a bad idea. Still holding it. Alright, so Ceratus says, in terms of ship-to-surface, I'd like to see bombers added among the SLFs. Garbage at dogfights, but extra damage to structures. Maybe not just planetary bases or ground-based vehicles, but larger objects in space, too. Like stations and capital ships. They could have destructible objectives that only bombers could damage. Just imagine the scenarios and missions that could come from something like that. Interior battle stations, bombing runs, a la Death Star 2, comes to mind. As far as library, it would be cool to actually have different ship interfaces. I feel this is something that should have been in the game from the beginning, and it boggles my mind how every ship uses the exact same UI. Not really realistic in my opinion, but here we are with the same tepid interface. Maybe we can't get, have a unique UI per ship, but at least one per manufacturer could work. Regardless, having multiple options would definitely be something I would pay for. Uh, then we heard from Thundar. An air-to-ground camera module with mapping capability would be very nice, both now and for when Odyssey comes out. If you could use the camera module to survey a ground facility prior to landing, and to have the map it produces available as an overlay in your SRV or whilst on your space legs, it would allow for far more strategic assaults on the ground facilities. It mm -hmm. could lend itself to some interesting multiplayer strategic assault options, i.e. 
attacking a fully active Thargoid base with waves of its defenses being deployed would be very cool, especially if an overhead wingman was providing live updates from a camera module. Alright, so our next person was Bob Blunderbust, and he says, I would love to see multiple crew members on my ship in Odyssey that sit in the chairs when you don't have multi-crew. Uh, you're paying them to sit in the crew lounge. They might as well be on the ship and also let us have more than three at a time. I know it'll cost more, but you don't need more than three or to have them in your ship. I would also enjoy seeing a hide exposed wire option <laughs> and change seat <laughs> option for people with OCD. Uh, and I can't stand the wires or sitting on the left or right. Uh, it'll be nice for them. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that just got me. Uh, <laughs> calming down. It'll be nice if they add in a trophy room to keep all your cool badges in and maybe ranks as well or your first space credit hanging on the wall. How about a pinball machine with different games you buy from the art store with different Elite Dangerous themes in it? Like maybe a docking cutter theme or a bounty hunter theme? How about a hologram AI that shows up just by the cockpit that would be neat and you could buy skins? You could even have it be the People's Princess, Ashling Duval, so you can be part of the coolest power play in the game. Duh. I would also love to see weapon racks to place your planet weapons on and cool skins for them like paints on ships. And maybe mm. add a big painting on your ship that can display screenshots on your ship. Uh, <laughs> oh, and we need a bathroom. <laughs> Who doesn't need a bathroom with a shower? <laughs> and I would love to see more ways your multi-crew can help you out as well as maybe not as good as real players, but a little more help. <laughs> A lot of stuff there. Mm. Okay. Imagine for a second. Hold on. Imagine for a second <laughs> if that just. All right. He, a, you had a lot of great ideas there. But I got to stop you, Bob, and say <laughs> you had one fucking genius next level big galaxy brain idea there, which is imagine in your cutter in your stateroom you have a big ass fancy dancy looking you know englandy type uh 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 frame and you actually upload like your favorite screenshot that you took of like when you went to sag yeah. or when you went here or there you upload that into the frame and it mm -hmm. puts it right there that's genius yeah that's cool uh okay next we heard from commander a dot cypress uh i'm going to post a probably very unpopular opinion why even bother with internal livery this is elite dangerous not animal crossing this is a space sim not the sims what benefit would it give to the gameplay loop what value would it give over improving existing content or adding new lord driven follow-on mission lines are we here to fly dangerously, to explore, to research, to profit in the most badass way possible? Or are we here to sip cocktails in fancy surroundings and polish our wall-mounted trophies whilst feeding pup treats to our dogs in maglock boots? It's great that we can customize weapon and engine trail colors already, but customizable HUD colors per ship 
would be fantastic. Most of our ships already have different paint jobs and we fly them for varying roles. So being able to match the HUD colors to those uh, fields would be a significant move towards improving identity of each ship and one's fleet. I do feel though that adding customizable, decoratable compartments is going a little too far for this particular game. I don't feel it fits the game remit. That is of course a very personal view and probably fall into possibly lesser number of grumpy old commanders that would suggest FDev add actual useful in-game content and experiences than what is essentially cosmetics. At least it might earn FDev some extra money. I know many, many commanders would love all this shit, as demonstrated perfectly by the topic discussion during the podcast. Kaizen and almost all the others were excited at such a prospect. Similarly, the response towards an internal livery in this channel so far appears mostly, if not entirely, positive. And one might argue all of this is adding new experience and new content. So while it doesn't sit right with me, I guess at the end of the day we are, after all, supposed to, quote, blaze our own trail. I want to take just a moment to address this feedback. Um... I still disagree with you on the general sort of, uh, I, I feel like the idea of internal livery is a good idea. Uh, and I want to state why I state why I disagree with you, because I feel that this is a revenue generator. They could put a couple of people on this project and they would earn more money than the, the salary of those people, which would potentially bring in the capability for them to add other people onto the other side of it, which is the actual making game loop stuff. Um, I feel like when it comes down to, do I want to fly dangerous or do I want to sit back and enjoy my luxury couch and, and pet my, you know, dog, por que no los dos? Why can't I have both? I, I, I dig that idea. But I also want to say that this is not a show where my ideas or our ideas are king and that we expect a bunch of yes men to always say like, yes, you are right. And here's why you're right. Um, I dig dissenting views. I dig people to expand my horizons and challenge my um, assumptions. And when they do it the way that this commander did, uh, you know, Commander Cyprus, I I really, really dig it. I'll be honest with you. You came within a hair's breadth of winning the actual prize, even though you completely disagreed with me. Um, and I will state that while I think that it's good to have both, uh, if it's a situation where you have a legitimate fear, and, and you very well may have a legitimate fear that Frontier is going to give us one or the other, not one and the other, then I 100% would switch my vote to your line of thinking and say, if I got to pick one or the other, for sure, give me the gameplay loops and forget the other stuff. Um, and and again, you came within a hair's breadth of winning, except for uh, one of the other people wrote in with a thing that just ex exploded my brain with nerdgasm. So, yeah. Uh, but big salute to you, Commander A. Cypress. That was a fucking well-written point, and I think that I definitely get where you're coming from, and I want to encourage other people to write in and tell me why I'm wrong and tell me why your ideas are better because uh, I think there's a very, very good argument to be made that 
Commander Cypress was absolutely right. So I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead and move on to Harry Badge. The name that cracks up Arjun every time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. Um, <laughs> damn it, why'd you mention it? <laughs> um, I feel like we could benefit... Let me start. Harry Badge says... I feel like we could benefit from some new weapons, like an incendiary type of missile to clear out ground troops, or some new kind of barrage missiles to help take down uh, the wall of a base to have more people storm in on foot. There could be some really cool weapons that they would be able to introduce and create some more fun immersion gameplay for us commanders. I totally agree with Rusty Nails and A Cypress. I love that idea. As a console player, there is no way for me to tap into the color settings of the game to change the HUD from the stock color. Little things like that that I thought is hand-in-hand hand with engine color and weapons color would be totally awesome, and people would still get the art to pay for uh, the arcs to pay for that color change. I've seen different colors on the PC. Looks really cool. But as for the internal library, while cool, it would... While cool it would be to be able to walk around the ship and everything, I feel like it would do uh, once in a while to get back to flying. Just make the interior cool for my initial walkthrough, and I'll probably never see it again, even with my own custom color interior. Love the weapon possibilities that could arise from ship to ground, but also from ground to air. Maybe from a SRV, but also firing from the person. So many different ways they could take it. Excited for Odysseys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, next, we heard from Cosmic Velvet, and the first part of this, I think, was in response to A. Cypress's uh, positions, is I get it, and I agree with it, but I will admit there would be a certain charm in having some light customiz customization options for the bridge, like colors and such, trim packages, if you will. After all, you spend most of your time on the bridge. If you don't like what it looks like, you won't really be happy with it, and I think you should be able to change it to a certain amount. For example, I'm also a race simmer. It's super enjoyable to build, tune, and race a great car, and I also really enjoy making it mine by designing decals, logos, racing, livery, etc. But on that note, that's the exterior of the vehicle, and I've never seen a race sim that lets you customize the interior of the car. Leading into this, I'd really love to see a livery slash decal editor for Elite Dangerous. I would totally get a huge rush out of designing my own. They could make it something that you could use at your leisure, but to apply decals and paint that you design to your ship, it costs arcs, etc. I feel like this is a pretty cool idea. Interior of ships, however, this ain't Minecraft. It's not what the game is about and not where people will spend lots of their time apart from in the command chair. Right on. And last, but certainly not least, we got my girl Raxla Smaxla. Arson, hit it up. From the YouTube comments. I've been saying it since I started the game that I need to be able to customize the inside of my ships more. I would spend so much money. I would also love to be able to use the cockpit radio for Elite Dangerous streams or more lore. That right there also came within a hair's breadth of winning. Uh, yeah. Awesome, awesome stuff. But the winner was... Commander Bob Blunderbust with his uh, amazing. Uh, well, I mean, first off, he had like a dozen. He just was just just spitting out, you know, ideas, and they were great. But that that painting got me, man. That one, I was like, oh yeah, yes, I definitely want this. All right, so that was awesome for everybody that's been listening on and going, wow, it's getting late. Yeah, we're gonna wrap this up <laughs> now. Uh, 
So for this week's feedback question, I want you to write in with your thoughts about anything and everything to do with map bookmarks, whether it be hyperlinking them or adding more or folders or different ideas. So you think, I think we should have this. I think we should have that. Uh, you know, all of the above and more. Give us better ideas. Put it in the comments section of the YouTube video as soon as we're done streaming here. Put it in... Uh, mail it to Elite Week, Elite Week 3306 at gmail.com. Uh, you know, so it's Elite Week this year in game terms 3306 at gmail.com. And uh, no underscores, no spaces, no nothing. Go to the Discord and put it in the community feedback section. All of your responses, provided that they're, you know, intelligible and, 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 you know, whatever. Uh, they will actually get read out on the air. You, you heard all these people. They got to share their ideas. And I want you also to come into the comments section. And even if it's not about the community feedback question, put anything that your thoughts are like, hey, I like this. I, th I wish you guys would do that. Hey, you know, I like this part. I like that part. I want to hear you guys do a segment on this or segment of that. And as always, guys, come and join us next Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Midnight UTC. Come join us live and get in on the fun where all of the silliness happens and the mistakes, and you get to see it, warts and all. Uh, for the rest of you, enjoy the podcast, enjoy the show. Uh, as always, it'll be tomorrow morning. There will be timestamps in for every section of this, along with all of the show notes. You'll be able to just jump to the parts that you want. And the podcast version will be up, uh, you know, tomorrow afternoon. I have to uh, take the stuff and edit and cut it and snip and whatever and make it all pretty like. I want to say a huge thank you to Guru. Guru. Uh, oh, wait a second. Guru, was there anything else that you wanted to add oh, in to yeah. the game? Yes, let's do that. I'm very, very sorry. I almost jumped right past that. <laughs> no. Oh no, I think we're I think we're all good. Yeah. All right. Well then I want to remind Catch me on my catch me on my stream tonight, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say I want to remind everyone, those people that are live in the chat right now, go like you know, Guru's gonna be streaming. Uh he's gonna start up right pretty much, I think, right after we're done. So go get in on yeah, that. Yeah, I'm gonna make some be, coffee. Yeah, yeah. It should be good stuff. Arson, thank you very much for everything tonight. Do you have anything you want to add to the beautiful people? I have nothing to add. <laughs> All right, Roy. Uh, everybody stay safe, uh, keep not mining, and having fun. All right. And uh, you uh -huh. know what I'm going to say? Everyone, as Bill and Ted once said, be excellent to each other. Play us out, Arson. Mm -hmm.